Welcome back to episode nine, or oh, welcome to episode nine of the People's Football Podcast. We're nearly at double digits now, really excited to be here. I, I think we've just about scrambled through this week. It's been a hell of a week for the, in the Herdman household. We've uh, dragged a baby through another week, and I'm sure Steph will mention that. So um, we're delighted to be here. I actually had the presence of, I'm going to call him, I'm going to change his name. He's had Candalf. He's had, um, who else he had? The Wally. Harry Potter. Who else? The Wally. The Wally. He's had all sorts of names, uh, Wilson. Uh, but today, I'm going to call him Kyle Wambo Wilson. So Rambo, not Rambo, or we'll call him Cambo. Which one is it? Cambo after Rambo. What do you want to be? Who do you want to be? So we'll I haven't got, I haven't got a clue where you're going with this. So I'm just going to go. You don't even know who Rambo is because you've got no. a heart of a lion, Kyle. You came to my oh, house. Right, okay. You're an animal. You're a machine. <laughs> so the way you came in, you came in like Rambo. So Cambo. All right. Cambo's Cambo. in the house. How are you, Cambo? I'm good. Uh, another week. Another week done. So all good. Got a new car on Monday. So it's been quite an exciting week with uh, getting used to that. So been all right. Been all right. A red Corsa, very nice, mate. Hey, yeah, a yeah. Red, red Corsa was my first car as well. Yeah, I thought, thought I spoiled myself. Uh, I, I needed to stop pushing my car up all the hills when I was going to work up in concert. Needed something that would actually get up there and uh, <laughs> not in first gear. So we, we got it. So it's been good. It's been good. A little bit easier getting around. That money's um, your pockets must be lined. Are you working for uh, Newcastle's Newcastle's? Are you uh, Murdad's assistant or something like that? What's going on yeah. here, buddy? You, uh, I wish new I was. Car, new, new digs, like you know, your new look. You, you, you know, there's something going on here. I, I wish I was. I'll tell you that much. Definitely doesn't feel like that right now. <laughs> no, you're looking, you're looking sharp, mate. It was good to see you. So yeah, Kyle, uh, Kyle turned up at the house today. Obviously, uh, we had the invited. game on. Uh, he, he was uninvited. He didn't get invited. He just turned up randomly. <laughs> no, he came around. We watched the game. Uh, it was good fun to have you around, and we'll talk about that later. So, um, Steph, after your fantastic day at the spa today, after your brilliant husband treated you to a spa day whilst uh, whilst your husband was at home with a screaming child, and, uh, and yeah, anyway, moving on. How's <laughs> how's it going, Steph? How's you? How's your day been? Um, my day's been brilliant, actually. Lovely and relaxed um, day at the spa. Um, but obviously, spa day, it was also match day. So I was sat there on my lounger around the pool with uh, my phone, watching a completely legal stream of the game. Um, what was that stream, Steph? Just, just enlighten us, because obviously not a lot of people have, you know, Sky Sports are the main distributor of that. So, you know. It's just a special stream, you know. Oh, just... special, right. Yeah. Special.com. Okay, right. Well, don't take that in anyone. That's, that's a bit dumb. No. <laughs> no, thank you very much, Martin, for the um, spa day for my birthday. Obviously, it made up for the tube of Pringles. Um, but yeah, it was much needed after a very, very tough week in parenthood, but I'll not harp on about that because I feel like I do that every week. Yeah, no one wants to talk about that. No one apart from me. Every, you know, it's been... Uh, but no, I, I like a good pat on the back, don't I? I kind of melt <laughs> these things a little bit too much. No, you, it's well-deserved, Steph. You do a great job at home. And it has been a, tri- a, a trial and week with the wee man. And, um, but it's been great. So Kyle's seen the best version of when he turned up. And as soon as Kyle leaves, he starts throwing chairs around and running around the house like a lunatic. Kyle said, no, wrong with a man, mate. What are you on about? Easy. Just this. magic touch. Just a magic touch. Uh, I, I, that, that magic touch when you just sat there 
with a can of Pepsi and a, and a bag of crisps and not even like <laughs> said hello to him and he was staying there for 10 minutes just in, like the weird side eye stare and then you said hello a couple of times but you're great at a magic touch I tell you I asked to change a nappy Steph what do you think he said I mean I'll not repeat what I think he said but uh, definitely right. was no <laughs> thanks for your help Kay I said I've never changed a nappy way I well he's <laughs> your first chance this is this is your first opportunity and he didn't seem too keen, the lad. Give that but, ten uh, years. Give that ten years. Aye, ten. Aye, okay, fair enough. No, listen, it was great to see you. And um, kind of, uh, we're coming at you tonight. It's around about half eight on a Sunday night, so we've had a great, a great weekend of football. Um, big game today, which we're going to talk about. But uh, I just want to give you a few updates from 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 other people around who've been on the podcast. So Chris Charge, Chris Sargent, I, I kind of. I kind of feel like I jinxed him. So he went three games without winning a game since since we uh, since we had him on the podcast. So I, I kind of went radio silence. And then they had a game against Bromby, who was second in the league and could have went joint top yesterday. And I'm thinking, bottom of the league, they went. And all of a sudden, they've went and beat Bromby 2-1 away from home. Unbelievable, Chris Sargent. So FC Norgeland are coming back. They've now moved up the third bottom and then out of the relegation zone. So, Chris, there's no jinx to this. Hopefully, you'll get on a good run. I want to talk about Lynchy, who owes us some promotion. He owes us something, doesn't he? I'm going to ask for some sponsorship of him. Since he's been on the show, I think they've won six out of a possible seven or eight. They won 2-1 yesterday. They were 1-0 down. So Lynchy, third in the league. Tell you what, that boy, he's going to be in that Newcastle dugout. I'm putting a, I'm putting a 50 pence bet on that for sure, Lynchy. No doubt about it. Um, and can you believe it? Adam P was episode two. Brody Groteland was episode four. They both graced the same pitch on Friday night. They were supposed to be playing for Newcastle, but Frode Groteland, the traitor he is, got transferred to Manchester United at the at the last last kick of the game. He got put on Manchester United and he won 20 to 5. Peter Beardsley and, and Peter Ramage were playing for Newcastle. So I don't know who else. Kyle, were you playing for Newcastle? Bloody hell, 25. It would have been 21 if that was the case. Uh, no, but Adam P scored as well, didn't he? Did he get away? Did he? Yeah, he grabbed a goal. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he grabbed he grabbed a goal. So, hey, well, he's, he's not the worst ever player to put in black and white. Why not? Just really? shows yeah. you though, we are the podcast for you know the absolute football and um, royalty of Newcastle, aren't we? <laughs> I think so, and I think what I'm hearing, right, Kyle. I don't know if you remember saying it today. You said you would. You're calling out KSI, Logan Paul. Well, for you boxing matches, Mayweather for a boxing match. Kyle yeah. versus May- Floyd Mayweather. Back to back. Newcastle Metro Radio Arena. Is it even called that anymore? Metro Radio Arena. Probably. You're you're now. Yeah. You're Come on, Martin. It's not 2015. Sorry, guys. Sorry, sorry, everyone. <laughs> well, no. Live at St James's Park on my birthday next year. Kyle, you versus Mayweather. Would you do it for a 50 million pound purse? Yes. All oh, right. Okay. Would you not do it for charity though, Kyle? Being the kind of guy you are. Yes, yes. <laughs> Three great teeth, Kyle. <laughs> Would you spark him out, Kyle, or do you, what will happen? I'd probably just run around, run circles. To be honest, my, my hit might give away, like, but I'll, I'll just run a couple of circles around the ring, and then I might, uh, I, I might reckon, turn him out. I reckon Kyle will do a Homer Simpson. If anyone's ever seen the Homer Simpson episode where Mike he fights Mike Titan, Tyson, yeah, and he gets his head battered in for fifteen rounds, and I think he. I think Mike Tyson wears himself out and falls over or something like that. That would be what would happen with you, Kyle. But uh, 
listen, big up for all our past guests. I'm sure there's a couple more we could too. As we go through the season, I've had a few interviews this week. Really excited for them to come out in the following shows as well. So moving on, guys, we're, we're going to talk about this weekend. It hasn't been, when you look at the weekend, there's nothing that, there was a huge game today, by the way, not just Newcastle's. It was a big, I wouldn't say a title game, but there was, there was no massive games where you're like, wow, what a game that was, I don't think. Pretty reasonable scores, no like blockbusters, but I'm hoping you guys have found some little little shining lights. So Kyle, let's ask, well, not as always, because Kyle does whatever the hell he wants to do half the time, but we're going to come to you on individuals of the weekend. Again, teams. Team, sorry, come on, teams. man. Again. I'm going to do whatever I want, and I'm going to go a little bit continental on this week. So, I think Shocker, um, like you said, there was no one that really stood out to me as a Shocker. Like, Villa didn't look very good, but they had chances to to maybe even pinch pinch a draw and kept, I kept Chelsea in the game at 1-0. Um, so, I, I went to Barcelona, obviously. El Clasico, biggest game in world football, and they've put in, in Real Madrid by the sounds of it and by the looks of it and the highlights of Deserved they came out on top and obviously have ended up winning 3-1 and that, that's put them very like, clear at the top of the league and it's mm. it's not looking very good for Barca they're, they're going to be out the Champions League if as long as Inter pick up three points they're going to be struggling to challenge for the league so yeah. for all this that Xavi maybe is meant to be a genius it hasn't really paid off and it's not like they haven't spent any money don't know where they got the money from but they, they made some big signings in the summer and that performance against Real Madrid sort of sums up their their season. So Barcelona's going to be struggling. I haven't asked. Like I know you don't not supposed to have stats in this, but how is Lewandowski doing for Barcelona, mate? I see him scoring goals, but I don't see him tearing up the league. I know Real Madrid seem to be levels above. Like I seen Tony yeah. Cruz actually before we start recording put a tweet out about how good Valverde had been this season, yeah. and you've got Vinicius who's in form, Rodrigo especially in the Champions League. So. Maybe it's a bit of a mixed match at the moment because Barcelona just aren't hitting the same heights that. So, so is it is this is this the start? So do you know how like I, I keep I think they've definitely lost the glamour. You know when people think oh Holland will go back to Real or Barca, I don't think the Spanish league. I think it's going to go through that Italian yeah. thing. Do you remember when Italy was the big big thing in the nineties? Then it went to England, then Spain. I think there seems to be a shift from Spain. England's the big one. I think Italian teams are watching Napoli play. I really, really like that Nata- uh, Napoli team. And obviously Mourinho is there. You've got big hitting managers. Yeah. Spanish, apart from the the Moolah or the, you know, the Euro that comes in your pocket. And I don't think invented money that, that Barcelona seem to have. Oh, they yeah, just they have their own printing machine, don't they? Yeah. There is. But I, I agree. Like it's not you look at the Barcelona sides that probably, especially I grew up with, with the Busquets on the Iniesta, Xavi midfield, the Villa, the Villa up front. It doesn't oh, look Messi, the same. It's Messi not as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. All the Galacticos were there. Now, I'd... Benzema's aging out. He's 33, 34. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I just feel, and we'll talk about this after, the Bruno Gomez links. I'm like, the hell does Bruno want to go? It doesn't have yeah. the same sheen. Usually, yeah, yeah. like, oh my God, he's gone. He's I gone. think you can... Real Madrid always do good in Europe. And obviously, we've seen that they've been in how many finals in the last five years? Mm-hmm. Like, even last 10 years. I think that's the only thing that maybe Spanish football can hold on to yeah. is they do seem to do well in Europe, like Seville. Like, they're, they're the masters of um, the Europa League, weren't they? Up until yeah. two years ago. But well, we'll move on to my, that's a great show. Yeah. Going to move on to my showstopper. 
Um, so I went with two this week. I went, I took the Continental, and I know we all we sometimes give Bundesliga a little bit of grief for being maybe one of the farmer farmers leagues in Europe, but Union Berlin currently sitting top of the league and wow. beat Borussia Dortmund at the weekend. So a team that's maybe sort of came out of nowhere, and it's good to see another team challenging up there. But my main one is it's really it was probably my local team growing up is Blau Spartans. I'm going to shout out them. Jim with Wrexham yesterday, last minute, probably deserved to win. That The free kick wasn't a free kick that Wrexham scored from. And it's brilliant that uh, it, it's brilliant that they've managed to um, take it to a, a replay. So And they beat the, uh, the, the Disney Plus specials, which hopefully that'll feature on the next episode when uh, Ryan Reynolds visited Blythe. i seen him, mate. He came around hours and he said, listen, big fan of uh, Kyle and, and Steph and you with the the podcast so we've got a couple of photos unfortunately phone didn't work so it's all in the memory but great uh, great guy so quickly I want to jump on you and your Berlin I didn't even know that I haven't really followed apart from the Italian league I haven't followed, I don't even know a play this sounds horrendous but do you know any players does anyone know any players from Union Berlin where the hell have they come from it was strange because they lost their Union Berlin lost lost their strike at two Nottingham Forest um, that oh, a, a one, uh, yeah yeah so that's where no they got him that's he, where they he got doesn't him look from. too hot either. He doesn't no, look no, too and obviously hot. He, he grew up in the Liverpool setup and obviously then went out to Union Berlin and seemed to do all right. And obviously mm-hmm. he's been signed by Forrest. But no, it just it seems like you check the, I always check the league tables in Europe and yeah. and I seen I seen it on night. Like, it was on I was watching TikToks actually and it said <laughs> get rid of your, your planner for Saturday because Union Berlin and Bruce Dortmund playing. I was thinking, why would anyone watch that? And it turns out it's been one of them which could end up being a title title charge game or a title battle. So Union Berlin came out on top. So it's good to see someone else on the top of the table other than Munich. Do you remember when... Do you remember... Berlin players. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, I've just looked at the the lineup from that game and I don't recognise many names. Like, nah, there's there's not one that I would like recognise, but... What were you going to say? But do you you remember, like, um, during lockdown when German football was the first... Mm-hmm. League to restart, and I don't, I don't know, I don't know about you, Kyle, but me and Martin were like watching German games like all weekend. It was, it was madness. Yeah. But ever since then, I, I can't, can't say I've watched a Bundesliga game. Oh, I know. You know, I, I always just assumed it was a one, one race title and uh, a one team title race. Yeah. But hopefully, with Berlin challenging and Dortmund, obviously look a very, look a very good side. Got a few good young players. Hopefully, it's yeah. not a Munich walk away again like it is every. Season sure for the last hundred years. I'm sure it will. Yeah, yeah probably. Sure it will. Always find a way. But uh, okay, good stuff, Kyle. Some good provocations. Some good something different because you're right. I don't think the Premier League blew us away this weekend, if you know what I mean. So, yeah. um, and I've actually got a good stat on Villa v um, Chelsea as well, which I'm going to bring up when we talk about Newcastle. Steph, I'm going to come right. to you. I'm going to start with um, my showstopper because I think everyone's going to want to get involved with my. Shocker of the week. Uh, so my showstopper, I mean, but uh, Kyle just touched on them there. Uh, I, I actually watched the Blythe game um, and it was a really good game. I could have picked any one of the players, but I went with the the, the goal scorer, Michael Richardson. I know Martin knows him well. Um, popped up with a crack and free kick, which, you know, just curled in, missed everyone, keeper missed it, went into the bottom corner. Um, but they were they were brilliant, Blythe, and and he was one of the driving forces behind that performance. He was he was brilliant in possession, 
Um, and it's just really good to see a team, you know, from the northeast represent the the region so well. Um, but yeah, so Michael Richardson, well done for your goal. Michael and, Richardson, um, to let you know, the... just to let you know, is you know, obviously we worked with him at the foundation. He's only thirty years old. Was a, a former pro with Newcastle. He's actually the um, the kit man as well. Would you believe for the academy? So he's in every day, seven o'clock, you know, he's uh, working hard at the academy and he's around the players. They love him at the academy. You know, he's such a good lad. So to, to see Mitchie um, score that goal w- was fantastic. And he'll have a, the replay on Tuesday. So hopefully he gets some more lights. He gets the meet and greet. You never know. He might come, Ryan Reynolds and, and Rob McElhenney. Michael Henney, don't get his name wrong because you know how how yeah, sorry, we watched sorry. that episode last night, didn't we? So uh, touchy about yeah, Ryan Reynolds getting there. Yeah, but I will. Sure. What I will say about Michael Richardson is way back when I actually interviewed him when he was still part of like the under twenty one setup at Newcastle, and he's such a nice lad, isn't he? He's yeah, really he down to earth, humble, humble lad. So it's 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 nice to see see him do well in a game that was you know televised and everyone's been talking about it and stuff. So, yeah. He was um, also the first ever coach I volunteered with. That's a little, uh, was he? The Michael uh, Richardson. Um, I was shout 15. Out, We're going to have to get him on. <laughs> get him on. on. Michael, if you're listening. <laughs> you're on. <laughs> anyway, um, right. I'm going to get into Shocker. And this is second week running. Steph's Shocker of the Week. Jürgen Klopp. Come on. <laughs> Go on, Kyle. Get stuck in. Now, I know this is, is this, a Is this PG? Is, yeah, yeah, is it, I mean, I, I'm not because Hayden's in the room next door, so you know, I, I don't want to swear, but um, I know the one and they got a fantastic result against Man City. But I actually he was already my shopper of the week before the ball was kicked this afternoon, and that was because of his uh rant that he went on in his pre match press conference about not being able to compete with the likes of City and Newcastle anymore because of you know, state run football clubs or state backed football clubs. I just feel like, and I, I said this on Twitter, that if Jurgen Klopp had started the season really well, Liverpool were up at the top of the league, would he be moaning about it? Probably not. But he's obviously trying to deflect the fact that he's not getting the most out of his players or hasn't been getting the most out of his players and they've had a shock and start the season. So he's blaming everyone else. Um, he said that they can't compete, but in the summer he was interviewed saying that he had the best goalkeeper, the best fullbacks, the best defence essentially in the world. But all of a sudden now, they can't compete. And Liverpool have been competing with City for the last five years. So what's he talking about? Um, I just think I'm sick of him moaning. He's, he's unbearable. He's absolutely unbearable to listen to. I'm sick of him moaning. And I just want him to crack on and just do his job. Stop it. And then obviously today got sent off for... I've I've just saw the actual. It wasn't uh, foul and abusive language. It was some, something like irrational behaviour or something I, <laughs> that he got sent off for. And I'm just like, you're one nil up in the game. Like, why are you? Why are you getting involved like that? Yes, it might have been a foul, but come on. Like, he just he's lost all class to me. He's, he's lost any class that he had. I'm just fed up with it. Kyle, chip in on that, buddy. I think Steph hit the nail on the head. Had it had it been all sunshine and rainbows in Liverpool land, there would have uh, Klopp's smile would have been coming out and his fake I'm all I'm the people's manager would have been coming out. But I, I always remember that. Klopp used to say that we were a fantastic club, fantastic fan base when we weren't a threat to them. But now mm. we're a threat to them. He's pulling out he's pulling out his arse that where you can't compete with where all just money and all that. He just 
I think everyone, bar the local fans at this point, and are just sick of him. Completely just sick of the way he goes on. He's always crying about something. And Haaland, who he was talking about how our um, Man City got the best strike in the world and added in it with the best team in the world, was a lot cheaper than what he spent on Darwin Nunes. So all this, I can't compete. Just maybe the clubs that he's trying to compete with are just spending the money that they've got better than he is. I just... And I know, I know we've got our little group chat going. I know our our little Liverpool friend. We all uh, we all have our opinions in there that we're leaving there. But at this moment in time, like I can't think of any person I dislike more than Jurgen Klopp. And watching Pep today, and like the way Pep goes on is just so much better. Even even after the goal, I know Pep had a little bit of a a little bit of a whinge, but that soon goes, and he soon he's focusing on the game again. But the longer Klopp gets caught up in these. Antics of complaining and whinging, probably the better. It's probably the more they're going to struggle with it. I think I don't. I, I said at the start, I don't think they're going to have the spot they're going to have. And look at it now, you've got Arsenal, City, and Tottenham that are more certainly going to finish ahead of them this season and look, look a better side, if not us. Yeah, Conley, we're going to finish higher than you. <laughs> so, you go on, Steph. Do you, do you think, like, if, if Jurgen Klopp was do you think he'd be saying this it, like because he's he is making he is starting to say more and more about you know Manchester City and Newcastle being owned by by countries whatever what what whatever he, however he wants to refer to it as do you think if it was if the shoe was on the other foot do you think what what do you think you'd be do you think you'd say oh actually no I'm not going to spend that 100 million oh I'm not gonna no and nobody <laughs> in the whole world would and I, I hate it when I see fans saying about oh on Newcastle owned by this and Man City owned by this, PSG owned by this. Nobody in their right mind would complain if their club was owned by owners that we've got. And we're lucky to have the owners we have. And I know every single Jordy would agree that the difference it's made in the year is massive. That difference can happen at any club. And I guarantee none, none of that club supporters would ever complain. So it's top deaths most certainly would not have. I wouldn't see him resigning if, uh, what's it called, if the... The, the people that own Liverpool were doing anything. Not a chance. You, you come out sure. saying, oh, I'm, I'm just the manager of this club. I, I genuinely think we could have a five-hour special just on Jurgen Klopp. Yeah. However, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm not going to stop you there, but what I'm going to say, right, and a, and a light bulb moment just came there for me, right? I've been reveling in all of this stuff. I've been annoyed and angry about the way he's acted. And I just thought, he's blockbuster. He's absolutely blockbuster. We loved Mourinho, right? Don't we? And we miss him. And will we miss Klopp? I find because... it a different way, though. I, I don't think Mourinho was arrogant. Uh, he was arrogant. But Are I don't you think kidding me? No, but I, I don't think he annoyed me in that way. He wasn't... Yeah. He just... You never... Not, he wasn't a crybaby. Well, but it's like... Do you know... Did you ever used to watch Big Brother? The first ever Big Brother had Nasty Nick in, right? Nasty Nick. Every TV reality series has a character who is the evil one or the nasty one. And as soon as they leave... The, the season becomes boring. And I'm kind of like, now it's just dropped on us. I'm like, I love him, but I hate him. I loathe him. I think we need him, but it's actually quite nice to watch them just suffer a little bit, humble him, but the way he's been humbled is bringing out the true character. Yeah. So I'm really interested to see what this next seven or eight months hold, people. But I'm going to say, don't sack him. Don't leave. Keep him in there, whether he suffers or whether he picks up, I'll be really interested. Because if he if he gets back to the top of this league and he gets them top of the league by the end of the season, kudos to him. Like, uh, massive smile on his face. But, but we all can't stand him right now. 
But yeah. there's something about that that just that that evil genius that whoa, that we just gravitate to, and we just we don't want to lose him just yet. So great shout, Steph. Um, we will do a ten hour special. We're going to bring Conny on. We're going to fill him with a couple of beers, and I tell you what, that's going to get explosive one time. I tell you. <laughs> right. So moving, moving on. As the People's Football Podcast quickly heads towards the end of season one with episode 12 just around the corner, we would like to put it out there that we are still looking for a sponsor. The sponsor will help us ensure that we can keep the podcast going for another season and ensure the extra special guests we have lined up get their chance to appear and tell their story on the podcast. If you would like to sponsor the show, any amount, please reach out to one of the socials. Thank you and we appreciate it in advance. And welcome back to the People's Football Podcast. There's no Martin today to do the interview, so you're stuck with me. But we are joined by the special professional footballer, G Baltazar. How are you, G? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm good, but I can see you on the camera. I know the listeners can't, but it looks very, very sunny out in Gibraltar. So looks like you're living the life. <laughs> yeah, mate. It's lovely out here. Good weather yeah. every day. Training every them? day. I can't complain. Do you want to tell them how hot it is at the moment? Well, it's 25 degrees right now, and by the time I have training tonight, it'll be 27 degrees. Yeah, Even hotter tomorrow, so... Wow. Yeah. The life. So, I don't know how much people know about you, G. Obviously, I know I know you. I know there's plenty of people that have been that my age, that have been to uni with you, have played football with you, and know plenty. But I just want to yeah. start with you telling us your story, but... Not jumping to where you are now, obviously living the life, but oh, just take us back to where you first started. What made you fall in love with football? Um, so I was born in Lisbon, Portugal, and uh, like a little suburb area in, in Lisbon. And uh, pretty much my first memory ever of life, not even just of football, of life was 2004 Euros, which was in Portugal. And it was England versus Portugal, funnily enough. And um, our keeper made a save with our gloves in the in the penalty shootout, and we won that shootout. And then I just remember like the celebrations all around like the country, and like that was like my first like big memory of life. And I was just thinking, wow, this makes people like literally fall in love with the game. And I was just like, this is what I want to do. Do you know what I mean? It just gave me like massive motivation. So when I was in school, I would play. With my friends, I would play. I was literally playing football 24-7. And then when I was 11, I moved to England, moved to Hartlepool, which is not far from Newcastle. And uh, I joined the Sunday side, which I don't even think exists anymore. It's called Griefham FC. And they played in the TGFA, the T-side league. And from there, I got scouted for Sunderland. So I was at Sunderland for a bit. And I think season after that I had uh, trials here and there and everywhere Newcastle Hartlepool even went down even went down the country likes of Oldham Berry that doesn't even exist anymore yeah. and yeah then uh, when it got to around college age uh, I went to England schoolboys which quite a few lads will know quite a few people know England schoolboys like the B-Tech version of England really but still like kind of playing for your country so it was still a big honour and it it got difficult as I got older because it's like, 
you kind of start realizing that if you want to take football seriously, it's less about the enjoyment and it's more about the job in itself. So it was difficult, but once you manage to balance it out between the enjoyment and the job side of it, it's the best thing you can do, honestly. Yeah. So I, w- I want to touch on the, you mentioned obviously being at Sunland and obviously we've sort of been in the similar bracket of being in academies, having that, having that rejection, having to bounce back from it. But what was your experience of the academy system being, being in it and sort of growing up around it, being on the fringes of the academy system? But in general, you've, well, been, you've been on trials at different clubs and you've had a deal of setbacks. So what was that like growing up? Um, so my first experience of being in an academy was like, it was like you walk into a club that you see on TV and stuff. And uh, the first person that I'd seen when I walked into the academy was Paulo De Cano, who was the manager at the time. And you're just like, wow, like, you see this man on TV. And then you're just seeing them in person and like they don't even look real. So you're like, obviously buzzing. And then you get to the change rooms and you meet all the new lads, you meet all the new coaches and you're excited to show what you've got. And then and then there's the second part, which is the reality check. When you realise that you're no longer one of the best players around and you really have to prove yourself. And it's not about playing your way and standing out. It's more about how you fit into a system and becoming a lot more disciplined. So it was a bit of like a culture shock, I would probably say. I thought I was going to enjoy more. Like I was proud of what I achieved, but I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I would. Like nothing against Sunderland or anything, but the way Sunderland played in the academy, the way it was integrated, and the way I like to play was just it just didn't match. So it was really difficult, and I really struggled to settle in. So I had like a tough year, which I then ended up getting released. And from there, it was just like. All the other places I went on trial and even going back to my junior team, it was just like I felt pressure because I felt like I had I felt like I had that chip on my shoulder now because oh he's played at an academy, everyone expects him to be good. And I felt pressure more than enjoyment. And I actually hated playing for a bit. Even when I went on trial at teams, it was more pressure than yeah. anything. I would have to, I would constantly kept saying in my head, No, you have to do well, you have to and I didn't have to, but it's how I felt at the time and it was just difficult. It was a very tough period. I think it's a hard one for people that haven't been in the academy system to understand. And I know I try to explain it quite a bit to people that I speak to, but when you are in the academy system, and I know you've just said that you felt pressure, but you're always looking over your shoulder. There's always someone that could be better than you. And you're in the yeah. system where you're trying to make the professional footballer, but so the other 15 kids and... When you come out of the academy system, it's a shock. You, you one minute you're there, the next minute you're not. And yeah, thanks. And obviously, you said you're going on trials. You're going down the country, but again, you're going down the country, and there's another sixteen lads that are the same ability as you, or better, or maybe worse. But it's 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 a hard system. So I think that's the yeah. one thing we can definitely relate on. So what I want to go into next is obviously when we we met it would have been about a year and a half ago now we would have been water kicks we were both yeah, working yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> so the first time we met but bit of background me and G were both at Northumbria University you just graduated haven't you yeah 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 so congratulations on that thanks man appreciate it and I'm just starting my second year but we were supposed to play on the same team last year obviously for Northumbria both. Both are scholars, both ready to play for the for the uni team. And unfortunately for me, 
I got a bad injury, I started focusing more on my coaching. But for you, you kept playing. So what I want to know yeah. is, this is put out to other students that are maybe struggling, playing football, managing the studies, and you've got to work, you've got to earn money. So how did you manage to cope with that last year? Or even the two years before you did graduate? Um, oh, I'm not going to lie. It was probably, I wouldn't even just say the past two, like even like the whole time that I've been in uni is like, obviously trying to balance everything out. The first thing is, like I've said before, it's the reality check. Like Everyone always says, yeah, and you hear people say that, oh, if you don't if you don't make it by the time you're a certain age, then you might as well forget about it. But you always got to have that little thought in the back of your head where it's like, what do you really want to do? Do you want to do what people tell you to do or do you want to do what you love to do? And that's the kind of mentality that I always carried in my head throughout the whole time in uni. Where it was like, even in my final year, for example, I was 22 for most of the year. And people would tell me, why do you still work so hard? Why do you still constantly waking up early, going to the gym and putting extra sessions in and one-to-one coaches and stuff? It was because I wasn't ready to settle for whatever life had told me to do. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. But it was really hard because obviously you can't just wake up and decide, oh yeah, I'm going to go and train today. I'm going to go to the gym today because all these things require money. And to have money, you have to work. And working, sometimes you're talking about... I worked at JD most of the time that I was in uni. And then, obviously, my final year, I worked with you at the foundation. Um, when I worked at JD, especially, there would be days where I would have a day plan where I'd be like, okay, I'm going to go to the gym. Then I'm going to go to the field. And then I'm going to have training and and so on. And then they would, I would wake up in the morning and I'd have a message, gee, can you cover someone's shift? We really need you in. And then next thing you know, the whole plan you had is out the window because you need to do an eight-hour shift at work. Yeah. And it would happen so often. And these things, people don't realize that it's so tough, like having to be a student. First of all, you already can't give your whole time to your football because you have to study, which is also a full-time thing. I mean, that's what you're there for in the yeah. day. And then you're working a lot of hours as well or even if you're just working eight or 16 hours a week it's very tiring because you have to like meet customer demands and then you're also trying to fit in your studies and then you get tired and on top of all that tiredness you're thinking right i need to train because i haven't trained today so that's literally what i was going through a lot of the time sometimes i was like especially in the winter times i'd be like okay I need to train, but I've got work. And by the time I get out of work, it'll be pitch black. So what do I do? I have to go training before work. And then you get an eight-hour shift. And then you've got to train that night or studying at night. And it was just, it was a difficult time. It is a very difficult balance. But I feel like if it's with life, it's like, if you know you want to do something, then you just got to go for it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. At the end of the day, it always reaps its rewards. And you just got to believe. You got to have that belief in the back of your head. No matter how far you seem from it, that it's going to come to fruition at some point. And I think that, that was the biggest difference between me and probably 99% of the people that I went to university with. I think a lot of people just kind of settle for what they were told. I think especially around the football system. It's, it's hard. And I think I, I definitely realised it last year. And it's something that goes unnoticed. I think people think that uni students sit around and do nothing the whole, the whole time. Yeah. There. They, go, yeah. they go to uni eight hours a week. The rest of it, they're, they're out on the drink. But the, the reality is, you're not. You either, like, and I know you like you last year prioritised your football. And similar to me, like, I prioritised my coaching. 
you don't you don't have time to do that. It's a is it no. schedule and to be able to manage work, football and uni, it takes time, it takes patience, it takes a lot of stress as well. I can tell you that much. So yeah, yeah, you do that especially in your last year, last year when you're trying to write a dissertation. That that's fair play. So yeah, it's not yeah. easy. Yeah, it was tough. I, I can't lie. And it's not even just like the physical toll that it takes on you. It's the mental toll more than anything. Like some days you just, you you go to sleep and you wake up even more tired because you're thinking of what you've got ahead. And like you said, like people think, oh, being a uni student is just going out on a drink. More time when you're like going out, it's really because you really need like a detox from how stressful your life is. <laughs> and you don't go out because you just want to get pissed or whatever. No, you go out because you really need that time to just forget about your responsibilities for a night and then you're straight back into it again. And people don't see it like that, but I guess everyone has their own difficulties in life and it's really easy to judge other people's lives from the outside, isn't it? But it's not, it's not easy being a student athlete at all. No, it's not. And I don't think, like I said with the academy, you've got to be there to experience it and to understand it. Yeah. So Yeah, 100%. Obviously, you, you graduated... You graduated in the in the summer. You then you're now across in Gibraltar as a professional football player. So that is first of all absolutely fantastic. But was that a plan all the way through going all the way through uni, or was it something that just came up randomly? Um, being professional in itself was always the plan. Yeah, Gibraltar in itself was literally like it came out of nowhere. It was um. I remember it was like, I was, uh, once the season ended, yeah, I was probably building up my network on LinkedIn, sending out my videos and stuff because I was going to go and do a master's in, uh, well, I had two two choices. I had Nottingham and I had Northumbria, obviously, being graduated from there. And I was still debating which one I was going to do, but I was trying to build my network, trying to find teams. And I was putting my videos out there. And... Just before uh, the Gibraltar opportunity came, I had, uh, because of the Nottingham uni manager, he also manages the youth team at Lincoln. And he asked me to come down for one of the games, which obviously no one's going to say no playing for a League One side. Yeah. So I went to I went to a trial match for Lincoln and um, yeah, I got two assists and a goal against, a, we played a non-league side, but it was still like obviously an unbelievable experience playing in front of like fans and stuff and I think from there, nothing really came out of it. It was just more like so the manager could have a look at me. Yeah. But I think there was like people obviously watching on the side. And then um, two weeks after that, our season had started in the Northern League. So I was playing for West Development. And our season had started already three, four games in. And I get a call. And uh, it was a sporting director out here in Gibraltar. And he gets in contact with me. And he's like, oh, uh, how are you doing and stuff? And he said what are you trying to do with your life now? And I said, obviously, I'm probably going to start a Masters, but I want to play football. And he was like, well, listen, right, I've got like, we don't normally do this, but I watch your videos and I feel like you're worth taking a chance on. And he just, he literally gambled on it. And Because yeah. obviously nowadays it's like, you need the CV and you need the transfer market and you need to have been in a team last year and you need to have the best agent. And I don't have an agent. But it just, he decided to give us a chance and, I took it. I came out here, on, uh, which was supposed to be a three-week trial, but after the first week, I impressed and 
beside me and <laughs> yeah. I never looked back since. It's it's brilliant and it's something you said there about not having an agent. So was all this getting your market out there, was this all done by yourself? Yeah, um, I mean, I got help with like editing my videos and stuff, like yeah. based on the videos that I had from last season and stuff. But it was really just down to myself and like my one-to-one coach helped me out a little bit as well. Um, and we were just like trying to get in contact with clubs, agent coaches, just kind of seeing any sort of opportunity. We weren't necessarily just looking for professional clubs because yeah, we know that like obviously it's a massive step. It is a really big step. I think a lot of people know they're good when they play non-league and they think that because they're better than the level they're at, they're ready to step up straight into professional. But I can say now that I, I used to think like that and I walked in and it has been a big reality check. Even like a league not which is not that big, such as Gibraltar, you still have to be at 100% every time. But yeah, I just kept getting in contact with people, even non-league clubs, which were like a division or two higher, just trying to find the right opportunity for me. Yeah. Some people invited me down for trials, which I was going to go to in September around the Nottingham area because I then decided that I was going to go to do a Masters there. But then the Gibraltar opportunity came up and it just, I couldn't, I couldn't reject it. Yeah. Is it a different life? Obviously, you spent the last three, four years in the Northern League, which is, listeners that aren't from up north, is non-league, it's a good standard league and it has some ex-pros in it. So it's a good league. Is the yeah, standard yeah. across there better, different? Is the lifestyle different across there? How, how are you finding it in general? Um, it's, I would say in terms of quality, the quality is obviously better because in Northern League, it was more like you train twice a week or if there's a midweek game, you might not even train or you train once a week, etc. Yeah. And we, here is just like, obviously everyone in the league, the focus is solely on football. So you train in the morning, you train in the night, four or five times a week and then you've got your games in as well. It's like a whole, a whole lot different. But in terms of competitiveness, it's not much different. Like, this is the thing that people don't realise. For people that don't play football, don't really follow non-league football, it is really competitive. Like, it is so competitive. And I thought when I got here that it would probably be even more competitive, but it's not. It's really competitive in non-league. And the fact that people have to work and then go into a game that could decide their season yeah. is, like, massively impressive. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. people coming off eight-hour shifts and then taking care of their kids and then going... Traveling, I don't know how many hours for an away game on a Tuesday night. It's, yeah, it's and we're they still managed there. to we're compete both, at the very best level. We've both done the Penrith away on the on a Tuesday, Wednesday oh, night. Don't remind me of Penrith away. Hey, <laughs> 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 uh, across in Gibraltar now. There'll be no Penriths, no snow in the in the yeah. mountains across there. Thank God. <laughs> so before we start wrapping it up, obviously this is your chance. Is there anywhere that people might might show an interest now? They've obviously the They've heard someone that's out playing in, in Gibraltar. Is there anywhere people can watch the matches? Anywhere people that can follow your team, follow the league, follow your stats? Is there anywhere people can do that? Um, I think, so, live score, which is obviously, uh, kind of keeps up with the scores all around Europe anyway, all around the world, really. Yeah. Live scores one way. And um, here they have, like, I think they stream all the games on YouTube, uh, the Gibraltar uh, FA they stream all the games on YouTube because it's a small league, so all games are played at different times. So 
all the games get streamed and the official page as well. I think they send out stream links as well for the game. So yeah. there is quite a few ways to follow. Um, hopefully a few people follow now. Hope a few people get inspired to take a shot here because I know there's some really good players, especially out in the northeast, yeah. which is a really neglected area in terms of non-league football because there's so many players there that could play many divisions higher, but they just give up because they're so neglected. I just hope they just, by hearing this they take a chance because there's there is some really good players out there. That that's the aim from from this interview, and it is a call out. If if you are playing the Northern League, you can see you can go. If you're playing Northern League, playing Northern Alliance, even you know there's you know exactly there's players in there that are on no, good 100%. money, good players. Take a risk, go take a risk, go to a different country because there is opportunities out there, and you're proving that. So the one, yeah, especially if you're have, young. Yeah, exactly. Like you've just graduated, you're young, you're not yeah. nowhere near your prime yet. You don't know where yeah, to go. So linking to that, with you not being like anywhere in your prime, you don't know where it's gonna go. What what is the goal? Like we're look, we're talking about in the future. Obviously, you've just got out in Gibraltar, but what is the goal? What is the next step for you? Progressing. Yeah. First of all, um, I obviously I don't want to share all my like what I'm trying to do here, but. It's yeah. just like trying to do my best in this league, make a name for myself, and then probably move to a high league across Europe, maybe closer to home. Obviously, now UK is kind of home. I know like Portugal's around the corner, but I've lived in the UK for so long now, especially from my like teenage years. So I would kind of say UK is home now. So probably try and play closer to home, get up the leagues there. The 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 end goal I would say is to just get myself to a level where I can either compete in a European competition, even if it was like conference league, honestly, I would yeah, take yeah. it. Or like play as high as possible in the UK, whether that be Scottish Prem or League One or Championship or even the Prem. Who knows? You know what I mean? Yeah. No one knows, but uh, just playing as high as possible. Whatever opportunity comes that allows me to expose myself at a higher level, I'm willing to take. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Fantastic. It's good to hear that you've got you've got the goals and that you're out there and you are obviously you're a professional football player. Some people say that is making it, but it's good to see that yeah. you've got your next steps planned and I've got the goals still. So that's brilliant. But G, it's been a pleasure. It's been fantastic. So I appreciate you coming uh, on. Pleasure's on my mess. Thank you very much, man. And fingers crossed, someone follows in your footsteps. Even if it's just one follows in your footsteps and get gets out of Europe. Goes live the life in the 25 degrees heat that you're in right now, <laughs> enjoying, enjoying life, not jealous or anything. Yeah, but fantastic. Dude. Thank you very much. <laughs> we want to hear man. from you. you. Take care of yourself. Man. Do you have any ideas for the podcast that you spend a lot of time listening to? If you do, please send our social medias a message and we will get back to you and hopefully include them into an episode further down the line. Thank you in advance. So we're going to start with them, um, with the the Middlesbrough and Sunland review. So Middlesbrough at the weekend, who still haven't got a manager, Leo Perkovic is still managing the team interim. They lost two one at home to Blackburn Rovers, been two 0 down again. A poor start. They got it back to two one, and by all accounts, probably could have got a draw. They're away to Wigan in their next game, which is a tough match. Um, I'm going to do a double package here. Sunland, 1-0 down. 
won 2-1 at home to Wigan. And then next game is at home to Blackburn, which is a really tough game. So just for context, Borat, they're looking at Scott Parker. They're looking at um, Rob Edwards. They're in the mix. And there's a, a 100 to 1 outsider. I don't know if anyone, Kyle Wilson is 101 <laughs> to be the next Middlesbrough manager. So I'm going to put on 10 pence on that one. So listen, just watch out for that. So over to you, Steph. Any thoughts on what I've just said? I mean, Sunderland, like another great result. Um, and they're only two points off the playoffs. So, you know, our regular Sunderland fan, Hursty, who said, you know, they'll be up there. They're still, they still are. They're still definitely in the mix. I know it's still early days, but great result again. And Bora, I think that result just means that Perkovic is, I mean, I don't think he was going to get anywhere near the job anyway, but... Um, he wants it, Steph, doesn't he? He, he does he want it. it, yeah. He's come out and said that he wants it, but I just think um, that's that's probably the nail in the coffin for him. Steph, um, just, just before you race on, if, if, a, if, a, if a caretaker manager comes out and says... I want the job, doesn't get it. Is he putting his own position as goalkeeper coach or assistant in the future at Jeopardy, knowing that he really wanted the job when the manager coming in knows that? Does it put him in Jeopardy? It's an interesting one with Perkovic because he's uh, Borough almost since he was a part of Karanka's backroom staff. He's he's you know Borough kept kept him on really under most all of the managers. So I think he probably there is still room at the club for him. Yeah. It'll be just interesting to see, you know, whoever comes in, whether that is an issue for them or not, whether mm. they want to have someone in who wanted the job, because it's, you know, that can be a bit funny, can't it, I guess. But yeah, yeah. I think, I think, I think the type of guy that I know Leo is, he's not, he, he wouldn't not say once he doesn't want it. So I'm not surprised that he came out and said that, okay. you know, but yeah, he's probably, he's not going to get it now, is he? Yeah, he's full of pride. Yeah. So yeah, Kyle, you've probably got some wonderful, some wonderful uh, content. You know, Kyle's a a real big fan of watching Borough and Sunderland at the weekend. Spends his nights pretty much, you know, going through the, the archives of of these two teams. So fill us in, Kyle, on what you. One of the archives I pull out are the five one wins. That's what I do. No, I don't really want to talk about the championship and the people playing in that. Um, so we're going to talk about the off the pitch. Um. <laughs> And this was very close to being my shocker, but I've saved it for now. But can we please talk about that Niall Quinn? Um, that Niall Quinn flags, that was, oh, my God. Even with my glasses on, and they're strong, I couldn't even wait on what it said. But imagine, imagine I, all it shows is how brilliant war flags are, by the way, but that was criminal. Yeah? Like, <laughs> you must I mean, be I, embarrassed. <laughs> you must I, be embarrassed. <laughs> I, when I seen it, I actually felt sorry for them because someone, oh, there'll be I, I, there'll be people who have put a lot of work into trying to put that together, and and I do like the, that. That's just me. I just feel bad. I, like, but <laughs> it was terrible, and I can't remember which journalist it was, but they took a picture of it and like said, "Oh, great touch by." <laughs> by I'm Sunderland. not telling you what, Steph. You know Johnny Cummins. I, I've got one. Even though I've got six really close friends from from apart from Kyle and you, six close friends from school. Johnny Cummins, I'm going to give him a call out. He used to hammer me about them flags. Goes, are you going to match to wave your wave your frigging flags like me? Wavy, 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 wavy. At least wavy. we can spell every week. Every week. And how dare he? He's been quiet. He must have gone into his little kind of mole hill or mole hole somewhere because I tell you, um, old Os- I'm going to call him the ostrich now because he's put his head in the sand. He's not coming out now and saying anything, is he? With that, that there. So no, like the dude. Uh, 
great show. There must be loads of like the volunteers do put loads of work and so fair play, but it shows how brilliant and how lucky we are to have more flags because not everyone clearly. Well, I know I know they can't spell over that side, but not everyone can pull out oh, that awesome. magic display that War Flags did, especially at the uh, the Brentford game. Like, the levels of that just, or the levels of the two club really, isn't it? When you think about it. So fair play, you've, you've actually said respect for trying, but yeah, yeah. That's respect for trying. I always give respect for trying. That, that's what matters. So, so what do you, what do you think about um, Borough? Away to Wigan next to Sunderland just be 2 1. Give us your prediction, both years, really quick. 1 0 Wigan. <laughs> yeah. If they don't have a new manager in, then yeah, I think I think I can't see them winning. Kyle, is it true that there's someone going to chin you from Borough who really doesn't like you? You're talking about the team. You told us some fella's not really happy. Probably, yeah. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah, from you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just Probably. one of many. <laughs> It's expected. <laughs> um, Sunderland, this is a really, this is a great game actually. Sunderland away to Blackburn. What are you going to go for? I'll go Steph first because I'm pretty much going to guess what Kyle's going to go for. I'm going to go two-two draw. Oh, naughty, naughty but nice. Kyle, come on. One 0 Sunderland and Niall Quinn's going to score. Oh, oh, Jesus Christ, he's going to have his disco pants on or what? Oh. I'd be pulling out the the uh, the, the cord, uh, flags as well for the celebration. Now yes. I'm actually going to go one of something. I'm, I'm going to one right? Temperature yeah. check and all that. Good yeah, lad. Yeah. He's Good got lad. beer in his hand. To be fair, he has. At least it's not gin, eh? But yes. No, good stuff. So, I mean, listen, we'll dig into that more. I think when it, when the Middlesbrough manager comes in, we'll have a bowlie and, and Paddy off, and we'll get to see where they are. Well, it could be tough for Borough now. They're not in a they're not in a promotion fight anymore. They're in a dog fight right they now. They're in the so. relegation fight, yeah. Definitely. Well, West Brom yeah. are pulling out. They're going to get a new manager, so yeah. they'll have the bounce. So. Would Borough take Steve Bruce? That's the last one I want to talk about. If Steve Bruce got the Borough job, how would they react? Do you think? <laughs> hey, Kyle, he's a great guy. He's a great family man. He is, yeah. But he's would they? Hey, you know, he could keep them up. Move on, quick. Move on. I'm moving on. Let's move to, sorry for everyone, we are three Newcastle fans. The cock of the north, it's Newcastle United. That a big game today. Well, we're going to rewind it because we haven't been on for a while. We're going to briefly touch on the Fulham game. That was our, no, not Fulham. Who was it? Brentford. Sorry. I'm talking about Fulham, though, and your rubbish prediction, if you want. Yeah, no, I'll move on from that. Brentford, <laughs> sorry. Brentford. So, listen, 5-1, Brentford. We'll come off a back of a 4-1 and now 5-1. Steph, let's come to you or Kyle. Go on, Steph. Do you want to go first? Yeah, thanks, Kyle. Um, no, I think like the five, the the Brentford game, it was a it was a cracking game, wasn't it? And I think the reason Newcastle probably scored five and had so much joy is because Brentford were a little bit more adventurous. I would say they were they were they were a little bit more in the game compared to like you know when Bournemouth came and we really struggled to break them down. But everything just clicked, didn't it? In that in that performance, and um, it was it was good to see Bruno with his silver hair getting on the score sheet a couple of times. And I just love that guy. Like what a player he is. And I just yeah, you know just you pinch yourself that he's that he's that he's ours really. Um, but yeah, quality game that loved it. Good stuff. It was. It could have been a different game, I think, had that goal stood in the start. I think it could have been a complete different game, but... Agree. When we're when we're hit like when Bruno's hitting the heights, when you've got you've got Wilson and like people say I know we were gifted the goal that um 
Jacob Murphy scored, but Wilson's pressing was actually quite clever. He sort of set the trap to make them do it, and then he pinched it. But it would just look like on every time we attacked against Brentford, and it was the same against Fulham. You look, just like we're going to score every time. It looked like we're going to score, and you sort of you were sort of excited every time we had the ball. You think, oh, what's going to happen here? But I just want to say, shout out the moment that Bruno scored that that third, and I know yeah. it was like they just scored that penalty, but that that's just like a touch of magic and. I actually think he's probably the best football player I've ever seen play in black and white. And I know I know I've seen probably the tough years, but like over Kabai, over Ben Arthurs, over the CCs and when he hit the form, over all them players. That that man is just <laughs> we're just lucky to have a moment to be fair. And sure. you've got you've got to think we didn't have a stronger side out in these two games either. You're missing Maxi, you're missing Isaac, yeah. who is now going to be out until the World Cup. So missing two key players and you're pulling up performances like that so it sort of shows we're going, to, we're going to talk about Maxi later but one thing I'm going to say you talk about Murphy's press so I'll let you into something one of Eddie Howe's principles is if you're going to press you press the defender if it goes back to the keeper you're going to follow on and you're going to follow on the keeper and that takes yeah. a lot of goods to go and press the keeper not a lot of teams will do that it'll go back to the defender it'll go back to the keeper you set your line you keep the ball in front what Almiron, Murphy and Wilson do is they double press and you have back presses with the eights, the tens, Joe Linton. Everyone goes together as a unit. Yeah. And that's probably the first time we've seen that in Newcastle for years. I can't remember apart from just the, the Robson or the Keegan days where we just go go for broke. This is like, but it's not just going for broke. This is this is worked on. This is the cutting off angles, like you said, the 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 blocking the goalkeeper, blocking the fullback, they're shifting your inside. So it's a genius. Honestly, it's fantastic. It, only the Man Cities and Liverpools can do this at the highest level. And what we did that day, yes, they look like easy goals. They are worked on and trained, and that takes a high energy and a high amount of press. So then I've seen a load of graphics. I'm not going to it, but it shows you the word was intensity. They talked about it on Monday Night Football. And the intensity they were pressing at, what worries you is, does injury start to happen? Hamstrings, calf injuries. Because it's hard to keep that intensity up, and like, look at Liverpool now—the seven-year itch or whatever. So, listen, I'll not—I'll not dwell on it because it hasn't happened yet. But when you're playing that intensity, something usually snaps, literally, you know. So, yeah. anyway, Steph, let's go on to today because going into Manchester United, going to Old Trafford, it used to be like going to Liverpool and Man City. How many we're going to get beat by today? Kyle predicted a 2-1 win. I went 2-2 draw. You went 1-1. And the score was nil-nil. Just kind of summarise it for us, Steph. But who was your man of the match? Sorry, for Brentford, just quickly. For Brentford first. Bruno. Bruno. Okay. Yeah, so let's fast forward. To, yeah, Kyle as well. Bruno. Fast forward to the day. And what, did, what were your thoughts, you two? I mean, I'll give you my uh, man of the match first, Sven Botman. Yeah. Absolutely unreal. Like, he's really coming into his own now, isn't he? Um. He's just a, a colossal, really, at the back. And we've now got the best, because of Liverpool's goal against City, we've, we've now got the best defensive re uh, record in the league. Like, it's Newcastle United. What, what the hell? Like, we're, we're just defending so well. I mean, Botman was a standout for me, but I think, you know, honourable mentions, Trippier was awesome again. Fabian Scher just putting his head everywhere. <laughs> Took a few absolute smashes to the head as well. Dan Byrne left back again against Anthony did a great job um it was just a it, i just was watching that game and i was thinking to myself like how many how how often have we, have, have Newcastle gone to Old Trafford and 
we we were having a right go. Like it, it, we we were competing. We were the better team. I felt. Um, kept them relatively quiet. Um, we were just very well organized. Like you say, we were pressing well, defending well. I just lo- I just love that game. I know it was nil nil. And you're thinking, oh, God, but actually I thought it was a cracking performance from Newcastle. I think they executed whatever game plan House set out perfectly. Just obviously a goal would have been lovely, but... Um, Bloody Jordan, yeah. death. Bloody hell. I know, I know. Oh. <laughs> Heading head off the bar twice in about five seconds. Rust that. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> no, I'm loving at the moment. I know the, I know War Flags had a little... They got they obviously talk sport, but just seeing us and Eddie Howe just proving everyone wrong. Like I remember when Eddie Howe came in and it was all the talk. Oh, Eddie, Eddie Howe can't set up a defensive side. Right, <laughs> he has, and he set up the probably the best defensive side in the league, clearly. And you're looking at Sven Botman, who's like Steph said, came in his own, and he's finally getting the praise he deserves because he's been he's, he's really improved that defense massively. Then the final, the final thing I want to talk about is Kevin Trippier. And I know you touched on it, Steph, but on the Premier League app, in the last four games, Kieran Trippier has picked up man of the match. I've seen that as well. Four games in a row. Like that just shows how influential he really is on the team. But again, like today we're missing Maxi. Joe Willick didn't start. You're missing Isaac. You're missing, obviously, Shelby's back on the side. We are missing players and we're going head to head with the so-called best teams in the world. But I put out a tweet yesterday saying that I'm... The first time ever, a night before a game, I think I was I was actually looking forward to going to Old Trafford, knowing that it's not going to be a, like it was last year, a four 0 defeat, where we looked just looked was absolutely bad. It's I don't think we're going into any games now thinking like that. I'm, yeah. I want to talk them next week, and I know we got battered there last year, but I'm not going there thinking it could be the, the repeat. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, oh, we can give these a go here and actually maybe go. We're, we're at least we're at least competing, aren't we? we you know that we're going to compete and we're going to yeah. fight and we're going to be in the game. Like, that's all we ever wanted. That's all we ever exactly. wanted. That's, that's the banner That's all we ever um, wanted. Not, and just on Kieran Trip, yeah, I mean, I, th- I feel like I say this, Martin, to you every time we sit down watching a castle play. He's just he's just a cut above the rest. He's just next level, next level. He's he's unreal. And again, we're lucky to have him. Just a great defender. So as, 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 I, as I try to do... I'm going to try and bring some statistics. I feel like a little bit of a stat home. So uh, before I say XG, I want to bring context to XG. So Aston Villa played Chelsea today. And Kyle, we were watching on that goal rush and it kept flashing at Aston Villa and they had four shots in about 15 seconds. So XG can be very deceiving. So Aston Villa's XG today, expected goals was 2.45. Chelsea's was (laughs) 1.24. Yeah. So and they lost two nil. So if you don't have the quality in front to put the ball in the net, or the goalkeeper or defence are just blocking things, it just goes out the window. It's pointless xG. So Newcastle's xG today was zero point seven nine. So they weren't really expected to score a goal today, really, or zero point seven nine of a chance. My night is one point four two. And Aston Villa is what I'm saying was the highest of the weekend. And they got yeah. no goals. Their XG was the, the highest of the weekend and they got zero goals. So listen, today, I don't know, have a guess. I hope you haven't checked. What do you think the, the possession was today in my night in Newcastle? What what do you think Newcastle got? 37. 30, I was going to say 35. Did, yeah, you, you're close. It was 61 to 39. So we did we did give up. It didn't feel like that though, did it? Really? It didn't, no. Not in, the, not in the first half especially. I thought we were dominant in the first half. Yeah. I think you're right. I think we might have come out, but the second half, 
I don't think we sat back either. It was weird. We didn't have any clear-cut chances per se in the, in the second half, but they had 10 shots to seven and four corners each. I think on on the, you know, my night were desperate. They were rolling around in the box, diving, mm-hmm. and Ronaldo with that stupid goal when he, he said that bloody Shaw touched it and Nick Pope stood there. Like, you know, that's, that just sums them up. And I, I know desperate. if you think Kyle hates Klopp, I think Bruno Fernandez isn't far behind. God Almighty, the things he was saying about Bruno Fernandez, I tell you, <laughs> you know, he wasn't too keen. Um, I had to stop. He's the second best Bruno. He's, he, he, he's not. He's naughty as well, isn't he? Because I think there was a moment in the game where oh, I can't remember which one of our players it was fouled him. Um, he's not Bruno. Was I think, and he, he got him back, didn't he? And he got him back, and it was one. It was one of them challenges where he almost goes down the back of his Achilles, and he meant it. He so meant it, and I yeah. just thought, you little torag, and another yeah. torag while I'm on. Anthony, I thought he he he's going to drive people mad, like opposition yeah. fans. Like he's, I thought he was another one. Him and him and Bruno together, ugh, horrible. Imagine Richarlison, Anthony, a little bit, you know, uh, a little bit Richarlison. You just you hate playing against him. You just think, and you do petulant. Yeah, yeah. Just but we haven't talked about the penalty yet either. By the way, of Callum Wilson, we haven't like again. Oh, that was a shocker that one. If... Again, I mean, like... do you ever expect to get anything at Old Trafford? Did, did that get checked? Though? Did that Ford. even get checked? Out of context, out of context, like. The one on Ronaldo on, from Trippier, it wasn't a penalty, but you've seen them given though, haven't you? Yeah. So I think I think you've got to hold your hand up and say, surprisingly, the ref because there was one on Sancho and he did Sean Longstaff nibbled him, didn't he? That he could have could yeah. have though. You never you just so ours was more blatant, but I think we just hold our hand up and say, Do you know what? What a point that is. Fair result, right? Yeah, yeah. Crack and result, result. Yeah. Really happy. Um so going to Tottenham. You know, did we lose five one last year? Yeah, yeah. we so, went ahead, didn't we? Fabian Scher scored Fabian that Charles free kick, and then... yeah, under the wall. Yeah, and and just uh, for me went... is right. Tottenham are deceivingly good. They 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 can threaten to score five and six in any moment, but also they can threaten to park the bus and just be hanging on. Yeah, and I don't know which this. Uh, should we do a prediction, or do you want to wait a couple of days and then do it online like we normally do, or do you want to throw one out? I, t- I tell I, you I what, I'd, I'd need to see we're against Everton first. I think because I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm crap. It's Everton, man, isn't it? I don't want to bite off too much. Oh my god! Right, right. Sorry, Kyle. I haven't done my bloody homework. Everton on Wednesday. <laughs> no, no. I was just saying I don't want to do my homework. I don't want to bite off too much. Uh... You doing your homework? You haven't done any bloody homework. <laughs> Neither do you. Clearly. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> you didn't tell us, Steph. You're like, oh, look at you. Silly. Oh, I've got to tell you, Hara. Ah, uh, anyway, I am. Um... Crap eye. So so cut this bit out, Kyle. And let's oh so Everton on Wednesday. Kyle, Everton Wednesday, the big one coming up. Tottenham the week after. All right, I'm gonna do a prediction. I'm gonna what say I think it'll be tighter than we think, but I'm gonna say two one to Newcastle because I reckon everyone had two one in their heads. Two one Newcastle against Everton. I'm gonna go with a repeat of last year. I'm gonna go three one Newcastle. Okay. I think it'll be tight, you know. I feel like I always go for a really uh, I I think it'll be could be a one nil, could be a one goal in it. Mm. One one nil Newcastle. They, they fell show. off a little bit. Evan Havenham. They did have an okay start. Yeah. Have, but... When you say fall off, yes, they're just not scoring, Kyle. They yeah. just can't score goals. They're just not scoring. So Calvert Lewin, mm. he came back the other. Uh, was it last week he came back or midweek? So... He was playing at the end of last season. He was poor, wasn't he? I think they've missed yeah. that spark. But listen, it would be just be it just be evident that Anthony Gordon comes up. You'd love him as well, Kyle. Oh, wouldn't you? Really enjoy watching and, and dances in front of you, Kyle, on on the night. You and your dad. You and your dad. You going for your first game in how many yeah. years together? Well, since the championship, I think. 
Oh, he's going to call yeah. some bother. You're going to call some bother in the ground hey, or we're, what? We're a little bit away from the Everton fans, but to be fair, we owe them one big time. Hey, let's season. not incite trouble, people. Ooh, no, no, not at all. I'm, I'm, I'm too far away. I'll be uh, focusing on. Well, but no. if you were close, though. Yeah. Uh, you didn't <laughs> yeah. No, no, not at all. He'd I'm shout sorry. something and then run and hide in the toilet. That's what he would do. <laughs> um, so we've all gone for Newcastle wins there. So listen, as always, and I want you to put your phones in front of the screen like that because what I feel, I don't think he's levitated. So there's Steph's. Now, if I put your hand, put it down to one side so I know that you're not, if you're looking that way, you, you're not cheating. I promise. So pinky promise you're not going to cheat, okay? All right, good stuff. Okay. So this one is um is the little not a quiz. It's a it's a it's a question. I'm gonna ask you the first question, right? And it's the first person to shout it out. After that, it's gonna be like quick fire. So between, you don't know what it is, but Steph and Kyle, who wants to go first when we come to that? Me. You're such a gentleman, Kyle. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I think Kyle might win this one, Steph. I think he might win it. Is that something about pies? No, it's not to do with pies. This time, is it? I mean, he needs uh, to win one, really, awful. doesn't he? Let's be honest. Um, um, it's, getting a bit low, it's getting a bit lonely winning every week. He's been, so, been completely ripped. Listen, <laughs> this is the 100 club. The 100 club, okay? So, there's a certain amount of people. So, you might already know how many this number is. This is question one, which is worth worth one point worth five points for this one whoever's closest wins um how many players have scored a hundred plus premier league goals closest player gets the most gets five points how many players in the premier league year have scored a hundred plus goals if gabby agbon of those scored 78 it must be quite a bit because 100 he, plus he goals just, um, yeah 13 so i'm 13. trying to think because Sky Sports used to have that um that goals. I used to always watch it for school where they'd show all the goals. Go quick, Kyle. Twenty. A... How many? Twenty. So the answer is thirty-three. <laughs> Get yeah. it. So five points to Kyle. Now this is going to be tough for you, Steph. We're going to have a ten seconds. Where are you looking, Steph? You're looking left. Are you writing I'm stuff writing down? Writing the scores you? down. Okay. So it's up to you if you want to write people down in your head who you think might be there. Because what we're going to do is we're going to say, Kyle, name number, you name your first player. Kyle, name a player. Steph, you have five to ten seconds to say the next player. It's going to bounce back to Kyle. And every time you get one, you get five points. The last person standing. So, for example, if it comes back to Kyle and Kyle can't answer it, Steph, you get automatically get ten points. Well, was I so say the wrong, like somebody who isn't 100 club? Well, I'll tell you. Well, you lose a point. You lose a point for that. So the time is on. Post-2003? No, no, no. None of that crap. None of that crap. Listen, the big names, the big names, they're not jokers here. Come on, 100 club. Come on, lads and lasses. There's 33 of them, so. Right, okay. Am I going first, am I? Right. Are we ready? Yeah. So you've got, I'm going to give you seven seconds. And if you get it wrong, so remember, I've got a list here. I'm going through that really up and down really quick. So give us a second to say correct or one point. So, Kyle, write your points down as well. So, you're on five. Every time you get one right, we're going to yeah. go. I'm going to put the stopwatch on. Two minutes. So, three. And you can go as fast or slow as you want, guys. Three. Yeah. I'm going to put the stopwatch on. Alarm. Stopwatch. It's a timer. We're going to go for two minutes, guys. Three, two, one. Kyle. 
Shearer. Correct. Henri. Correct. Frank Lampard. Correct. Harry Kane. Correct. Drogba. Correct. Aguero. Oh. Correct. Um, Sheringham. <laughs> Tap two. A second. Give us a second. No, I think that's... Oh. Yes. 146. Correct. Andy Cole. Correct. Um... I'm trying to think. Trying to Seven, think. Seven, six. Aubameyang. Five. No. No. Steven Jarrett. No, you can't say another one. Oh, Steph, Kana? it's to you. Oh. Yeah. Wayne Rooney. Correct. Steve your next one. Kyle. Say the one you said, Kyle. Oh, Steven Jarrett. Correct. One point. Steph. Dwight York. Correct. Um, Tevez. Sorry, I'm just scrolling through. I don't think that's right. One second. Uh, no. Steph. Um, Chris Sutton. No. Damn it. Um, Cahill used to play for uh, Everton. No. Olivia Giroud. Uh, no. Uh, One of them has the podcast. And relax, Peter Crouch. Peter Crouch. So you could have went for Ronaldo, who you missed. Oh, Oh, boy. That's hard. It was hard (laughs) when I thought that, you know. Matt Letizia, Drogba, Sterling, Bent, Scholes, Manny, Crouch, Giggs. Heskey, Dublin, Ian Wright, Salah, Lukaku, Gerard, York, Anelka, Keane, Hasselbank, Van Persie, Sheringham, Les Ferdinand, oh. Michael Owen, Boom. Oh. Like Robbie Fowler, Thierry Henry, Frank Lampard, Harry Kane, Aguero, Andy Cole, Rooney, Shearer, and it went up in order there from top. From bottom to top there. So you missed out mainly the bottom ones. You got all the top ones. So you know Ronaldo only had a hundred nod. Maybe it's gone up now since then, but he didn't I have I was, I was just focusing on strikers, I think. So I think who was the last one who got it? Where'd the time ago? Um was it on Kyle or was it on you? I think we've got to give that to Kyle there, Steph, or not. How many did you yeah, get? I we'll do as well. How many did you get? Yeah, I definitely got more than Kyle. I had five points at the start. I said, I think that's terrible. I mean, I'll give it a minute because he never wins. But well, uh, points. Get in. And it was actually Kyle that stopped on as well. Did it? No, it wasn't. No, so wasn't. that would be uh, 10 points to you, Steph. It didn't stop Did on me at all. It, it didn't. It did. I, didn't, I, I said, um, it no, it I said the wrong one. It was on Steph. So that's 22 points. I bounced yeah. to you if he says the wrong one, Steph. Yeah. We'll call Talk it in. Audivar will listen to the podcast on Wednesday. <laughs> Kyle wins. At this minute <laughs> in time, Kyle's won one. Right, so I'm going to edit one. it to make sure You Steph know I always try to get Kyle. I know he tells I... me this, Kyle. He always tries to get you to win. So I'm 
essentially going down. Confidence booster, lad, man. I, 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 that's the first one that's had players pro post 2003 in it. Steph's like clock, man. And she walks around mm. the house like she's, you know, she's something special, man. Like, yeah, I'm the I'm Happy the when she's winning. I'm, I'm the Dying when she's losing. Yeah. I, she, I, look at her, look at her, look at her <laughs> now. She's like, yeah, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. I don't have the resources you have, Kyle. You I don't no have all the, all the money behind us, Kyle. <laughs> no ceiling to your knowledge, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> it's not at all. <laughs> You're saying you're a cheat soon, mate. Anyway, anyway, I'll I'll get the brunt of it later. Anyway, so anyway, Kyle wins this one tonight. Oh, okay? Fair play, but Kyle. Anyway, well done. Mark, I'm the winner, really, because that was a good quiz. That one. Um. So listen, FPL. I actually went on about an hour ago. Me and Kyle were talking. We're gonna find it very difficult to to update because the table hasn't been updated. But what we'll do is we'll do a little mini update between us three. Um. So um. So Kyle. You got 33 points, but you've already got your excuses in. You've got like a couple of players to play. I'm sure you've got like crap players to come. But anyway, you got 33 points this week and you're sitting 26 out of 42, which as we've already established, isn't half point. It's not halfway. It's continuity. Actually half, it's so about continuity. That's what it's all about. Yeah, you're, you're pretty solid. Steph, you didn't have a great week, but I don't think anyone has. Everyone would have dumped Captain um, Harland. 43 points, Steph. You got any players to play? I haven't now, but I'm annoyed because I had Fabian Share on the bench. But um, my excuse is that I didn't, I forgot to change anything or do anything with my team this week. So, uh, so did I'm I really annoyed. He's clock. We need a we need a name for Steph. Stop, stop, something like that. Just like Jurgen Steph Klopp or something. I'm I'm, pro- I'm really annoyed about it because I had a really good couple of weeks that have catapulted us into you know Champions uh, League places. The cockroach was back. Uh, Oh yeah, I was. So I'm, I'm back. 13th, I'm coming for you. But I think by the end of tomorrow night, you'll be like 17th, 18th. To be fair, I had a I had a pretty solid week, and that was mainly down to me not deciding to choose Haaland because I knew it'll be a tough game against Liverpool, and I put Kane, and Kane carried us through the week. I kept me me Man City players in, so I put Kane. And I got 52 points, um, and I'm sitting six. I could be fifth or fourth. Now Josh Textera, he, he's. He's, you know, he's he's a bit of a Mourinho, I would say, of the of the podcast world. He's got that arrogance. He thinks he's the special one. Um, Doesn't turn up. He only got forty four points. And Kieran Gray got. Well, yeah, he's he's big time, and he's um. He, was he was he saying something about skittles? He only eats red skittles, and you know he sh- he, he had a tantrum at you because you put yellow and blue skittles in his uh, green skittles, and he's in a bowl for him. Wasn't happy, was he? A bit of a diva, isn't he, Kyle? That, that's the uh, that's that's the behaviour of a of a serial killer. That like he, he was the yeah yeah too. He, he never got a birthday cake. That was the uh, that was uh, the one. He's a bit like that. Jeffrey Dahmer, maybe. Uh, top Sarah, but, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we're hammering him because he's not on, and he's also uh, uh, he'll be on. He'll be back on for the next uh, spin-off. We love you, Josh. But he's hanging on, the guys. He's hanging on, you know. Kieran Gray. I don't know who the hell this guy is. Um, I wonder if he's any relation to Fifty Shade. I don't know if he's any relation to him. Do you know? No. Yeah. no. All right, no, no, all right. No, tumbleweed. Okay. Ah, uh, anyway, so he's hanging on in there. He's got forty-four. I reckon I'll, I'm going to take him soon. I'm going to take him. Um, just just before I mention and you go into yours, that that the spin-off show number two went out on Friday night with you, Kyle, um, and your two your two Manchester friends just after the derby. They were supposed to do it on Sunday night, but they were both drunk, I think, and they went out straight after the yes, derby, so you had yes. to do it a little later, which I think is quite funny because 
if we're beating Sunderland, the Derby, I ain't doing a podcast on the no, not time out. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I think we should. I think it'd be. I think it'd be cracking pun. <laughs> well, it would, but it might be a bit, uh, a bit like last one where Kyle loses it again. So, listen, Kyle, you, you, you and FPL. I don't know. Let's just quickly. Let's go. Let's wrap it up. Let's get. I, let's get why do we still do this? Tips. Like, I've not learned that. I'm useless and can't play the game. Right. So yesterday. I had zero points, so I made these yesterday. These were me, uh, just a bit of context behind my um, my picks. But for for Wednesday, I would use your free hit. That would be my um, my advice. I would I would use your free hit. Make your team around the people that are playing, and just sit with that. Maybe pick the games out a little bit easier. So Tottenham have my United. Maybe pick around that. I would also maybe even. Go with Newcastle's and Newcastle defender. It's it's technically it's an easy six points. We're gonna keep a clean sheet. Well, hopefully, fingers crossed. Or we're gonna we're gonna defend well. Like we are the best defense in the league, and I'm gonna bang on about that. Best defense in the league. You'll never sing that. That'll be the song getting chanted in uh, Tottenham next week. So pick a Newcastle defender. Only other one would be Leeds players. I think they're gonna be up for a reaction after today's game. Watching the reaction after, I think they're gonna be up for the next game and. They aren't, I've always said they aren't a bad side under Jesse Marsh, so maybe the Leeds a Leeds player. But that's my tips. Pl- I'm used to that this game. Like next. Uh, is it Southampton or is it, <laughs> I think? But I'm used to that this game. Don't take my advice. Yeah. And I'm coming for the top spot eventually. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Eventually in 2050. Okay, so listen, Kyle, I would love to say great advice, crap advice as always, but uh, one day you know, by the balance of probabilities, you're gonna say something that's gonna actually stick and you're gonna we're gonna we're gonna replay it over and over again and you know. Um so listen, good stuff. The FPL is getting tight. So what we're gonna do, we're gonna do a um a have you say. So I have you say I'm gonna put these guys on the spot as well. The have you say I want guys well I've got enough time to kind of talk about it, but I want you to give us your top five best ever Premier League managers of all time. And I've got some names to you. I've got Klopp, Sir Alex Ferguson, Mourinho, Pep, Conte, Bruce, Wenger, and Ranieri. Who's your top three? Go, just quick. This out of the ones you just said. Out of the ones, out the ones you just said. There, there's no. Well, ah, you can say the Rafa and Eddie Howe if you want, but out the ones I've said, well, I've got to put Eddie Howe in. Eddie Howe, Mourinho, and I did like Wenger. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's controversial, like Steph. Uh, I mean, I, I, I absolutely loved him when he was manager of Manu, but uh, Fergie has got to be in that top three. Absolutely unbelievable manager, as much as he hated him. Um, Wenger, I think he was great as well. And I'm gonna say, um, I'm gonna say Bobby Robson. Get up, Bobby. I was gonna say, I was waiting for someone to say Bobby Robson. I wasn't know if I was allowed to say it. Well, so Bobby. I'll go, I'll go Robson, Keegan, Howe. But, come on. But but we'll put it out to the listeners. We'll give them the choices of eight. I'll take Bruce out and I'll add on, you know, you can add someone else on there. I'm surprised. Bobby Robson Bruce oh, Joe Kinnear wasn't mentioned in that either. So a bit of a shame. But there's some great managers being around Newcastle. So listen, we'll put that out. Let's just see who comes up. So Kyle, as always, mate, everyone, you know, Cambo, you've been called Candy, you've been called Candalf. 
you know, you've got a heart of a lion. Let's just <laughs> let's just hear what you've got to say to see out this episode, mate. I can't wait. You know, it usually puts us in tears, to be honest. When life shuts the door, open it again. It's a bastard door. That's how they work. Are you okay, Steph? <laughs> you? This is my favourite part. I love this part. I look forward to it every week. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Me, Steph and Kyle have had a blast as always. We might see you for a special one after Everton and Tottenham. Good luck and have a great week, everyone. Hi, guys. If you're not sick of my voice already, please head over to our social media accounts. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok at The People's Football Podcast. And on Twitter, you can find us at The TPFP. Our social medias contain polls, information and overall fun football banter. So please have a look. Even though the dancing's done Don't worry cause the night is young Who cares where we go We're ready for the afterglow So